This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. The NFL Combine has officially begun, and the Sabres really feel the loss of Alex Tuck and Erasmus Dallin. Along with the Would You Rather, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. Fellas, we're in that point of the offseason again, right around last year where we started this. Um, the combine is happening. We're on our way to the draft. I mean, just what are what are some what are some thoughts right now? I mean, just shooting through your shooting through your minds. I know Canva's exploring or Kiko's exploring Canva, but uh you know, other than that, what's going on? Um, it's uh down down point to the season right now, right? Well, yeah, up until um, it's been over a month since the Bills lost to the Bengals already. Yeah, flu. It's crazy. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I feel like the draft is interesting. I think it's interesting this year because the Bills aren't really in a position of like they're going to take the best player available. Like they have been like the past like two years, I'd say. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like because they pick at 27 and realistically they can maybe do like the trade up they did last year to like 24 to 23 area, it's just kind of hard to see how really the board's going to fall. And there's just so much smoke. Like last year, like Malik Willis was at one point maybe the second overall pick and then he gets drafted in the third round. So mm-hmm. obviously this is a stronger quarterback class, which favors the bills. Cause obviously they don't need a quarterback, but it, it, it's hard to be like super, super intrigued because yeah, there's intriguing players, but you have no idea who's, who, who's going to be on the board. It's not like, yeah, I mean, I'd like it. This, I mean, I like it this way because I'd rather ha- not have the bills be a top five pick and be trash and kind of, you know, could think of three players that could potentially, you know, have a list of four players and one of them you know is going to be there for sure if you're keeping your spot but yeah no i mean i'm i'm right there with you and maybe we should do a, a mock draft on here or something like that you know just to hopefully instill in people's minds that Bijan robinson is not a good pick in the first round you know we don't need a running back <laughs> like that that i've seen that everywhere all over the nfl network and that's just like eek I, i'm not i'm not a fan of that as much as you know Apparently, Derrick Henry might be coming here, too. So there's a lot lot going on. I don't know. Some usual offseason rumors. But let's get into the Bills ranked ninth on the NFLPA survey. Uh, they also did the team walkthroughs. Did you see that? They did the the grades and stuff like that. Yeah. For, uh, so, yeah. 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 So 
Apparently the worst the worst category was the food service or something like that. No, so travel. travel. The travel, travel. Second B plus. Well makes sense considering two or one. One or we're two not, games. We're, we're not Arizona who uh charges their players for food. So no, no. That's like I that's unreal to me that you're playing for a professional NFL team and they're charging you for your lunch. Like, come on. Like that you it makes that's horrible. That's bad business at the end of the day. Just, but you know what? Makes sense. It's pretty on par with the Arizona Cardinals organization. I feel like over the past couple of years. So I don't know though. But what do you what do you what do you got, Kiko? What are you thinking on this ranking amongst the other teams that were? Ranked? I mean, I think, I think it's pretty solid. I think it's important for the. Bills. I've said Kiko twice. You I've straight up said times. yeah, Sorry. multiple times. Dom is Kiko again. If for anyone out there, high um, school nickname. <laughs> early morning. Um. No, I think it's important for the Bills to rank highly, and you know, it's obviously it's good to see, but I think it's also important to see because obviously the Bills, small market team, uh, not you know, people sometimes complain that there's not a lot to do in Buffalo. So, for you to be successful, you had to have a very yet you had to be strong in these cat you know the categories of you know your strength and conditioning, your training facilities, all that. Which they I believe they had A pluses in those categories, a couple B pluses, and then obviously the two. I mean, the food was a C. That's kind of just an average grade. And then D plus for travel. I mean, I don't know. This is kind of a weird one because the Bills got snowed in and all that. And I bet the players must not have been too happy with, like, they get stuck in traffic at games uh, and stuff and probably getting out yeah. as well. But they were accommodating to their families. And I think players respect that. So, I mean, listen, they're ninth in the NFL out of 32. Uh, and I think you'd rather be that than – as Mike said, Arizona, who's 31 out of 32, because that's a brutal, mm-hmm. absolutely brutal ranking. I think the bottom yeah. two are the Commanders, Cardinals, and Chargers. I can't Commanders make sense. I'm blanking on who was one. I know Miami's uh, top Vikings. Three. Vikings. Was the Raiders three? I think the Raiders. Yeah, were, it was Vikings, like, what, Finns, Dolphins, Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. I think the Jets were 21st, and I think... I think the Patriots is like 24. So, like, they were second in the AFC East. That's solid. I mean, obviously, people are going to probably like Miami a little bit more than Buffalo, but. Well, it's, oh. you know, nice there 90% of the time, aside from a hurricane or two. You know, yeah, 100 I mean, degrees and humidity is kind of brutal, though. Yeah, but yeah. If, you play, if you play for the Dolphins, you don't get caught in the sun when they play. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You're in the shade, you know, providing for the that's players true. at that point, you know, it's. You can't argue with that. You know, no heaters or no uh, no no coolers needed when you've got some nice shade from the stadium. But yeah, no second in the AFC East. How could you not like Miami at I mean, that point? I mean, it's solid. I, I think it's cool because obviously the Pagulas invested a lot of money in the training facilities. So to see that not get like get a plus to get a pluses is pretty key because mm-hmm. like if they didn't, that'd be kind of a not not a great investment. So I think that that's a good mark for the to maybe spend some more money in some areas as well because I think the one complaint people had was that there's a lot of quality play people in the organization but they want more like there's so many there's not enough people that it's kind of over stressing also I just want this to be noted uh they did in the survey stress how much they liked playing for Sean McDermott so for anyone who wants him to be fired that, there you go not, not not a great day for McDermott haters on that one no I mean Speaking of speaking of coaching on the Bills, uh, we have for we have Frazier a little. Haters, what'd you say? I said for Fraser haters, though. For Fraser haters, <laughs> your day has come because uh, he is 
he's taking a hiatus. He's going into hibernation for a whole season. We won't hear from him, see him. Um, he says he's returning to coaching in 2024, but he did not say he was returning to the Buffalo Bills to coach in 2024. So uh, I think this is a sayonara. I think we're going to have to figure something else out from here. But McDermott said he's looking to take a more hands-on approach with the defense anyway. So I think uh, I think we'll, I, I think we'll be okay. I mean, what do you what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably why they brought in um, Holcomb. Al Holcomb to begin with, because they probably knew Frazier was going to be taking his leave of absence. And, you know, um, like you said, he's returning to coaching in 24, but I highly doubt he comes back here. Because why would you have a guy as your defensive coordinator for one year and then just throw him, throw in Frazier again? Um, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, Frazier's not – he wasn't a bad coach. He's just – when it came to the playoffs, he just – they just broke. Like, it was just really bad. And I think – I think it's kind of needed for a change here. You know, I know a lot of, like, the fans were like, get rid of Frazier after um, 13 seconds. And, yeah. you know, I, I can't say that I didn't say the same thing. But I think now we've had him for six years – um, I think it's time to change things up a bit. And like I said before, that's probably why they brought in Holcomb. Like they, they talk about all these different guys, like, um, Jim Leonard from Wisconsin, I think the Michigan defensive coordinator. And it's like, no, they're not going to bring in an outsider. They're going to bring in, uh, Holcomb who's been with the Panthers kind of that, I guess we still have that Panthers bills connection, even though mm-hmm. it's been six years now, but yeah. But yeah, no. Well, he I mean, and McDermott have a good relationship too. Yeah, so. and Holcomb's a respected coach too. Like mm-hmm. players like him and can buy into what he's selling, so that's good. And that, and that Carolina defense is playing very well in the year, um, last year. But I do think it's interesting. I don't think he'll be like titled. De- I, it's gonna be interesting who gets the title of defensive coordinator because I think, yeah, Holcomb got like defensive like he was the senior defensive assistant or something, yeah, something like, like that. that. But they they mm-hmm. they posted that. On the day that Frazier was like officially like took his leave, so I don't think he's going to be like the listed DC. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, what I le- what I expect is my- I would agree that there's probably going to be someone on the inside, but I wouldn't mind an outside name, maybe a different perspective. But I look at it from this way: Sha- Leslie Frazier has been with Sean McDermott all six years, and I think now you know he saw. Yeah, you know, McDermott, I don't think has a great, not not a great handle, but he doesn't really focus that. He focuses a little bit on the offense. I mean, he fired Rick Dennison after one year and kind of made it his own offense. Mm-hmm. But like he hired this veteran staff in the beginning, and then he made the offense the way he wanted it to be yeah. aggressive and all that. I don't know why anyone thinks he just wants to run the ball. I think that's a little silly. But you um, have he, you see Josh Allen throw, don't you? I mean, it's kind of right. Yeah, I don't know why anyone anyone I don't know why anyone thinks that because he literally hired Ken Dorsey and then they still threw the ball at an extremely high rate. So I don't mm-hmm. that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But this is now you know we had to think that you know yeah he probably had say in the defense, but like it was mostly I would say Leslie. I'm not, I'm not taking away credit from McDermott because he's obviously great, but this is mostly probably Leslie Frazier's defense, and I think they needed to they needed a change. Um, nothing bad about Frazier. I mean, as Mike said, I mean, they were like a top defense a couple of years. They were very good most of his tenure. Um, his but playoff the, defense falters. Now, I'm not saying the playoff, the defense, the defense is not 100% fault for every playoff loss. Like the offense last year, I mean, against the Bengals scored 10 points. Like, yeah. 
obviously, like, yeah, but they couldn't get a stop in, like, multiple playoff games. They blew a 16-point lead, which also really was a bizarre second-half defense So against Houston. So, again, I think it's exciting because we're now transitioning from Leslie Frazier's defense to now full-on Sean McDermott's and – I'm intrigued to see who's the who will be the name brand DC, but you gotta think maybe just McDermott call plays. I don't know. I, it's That's, it's weird. I don't. I don't. I mean, I. I mean, someone could correct me. I don't know any head coach that calls the defensive plays in the NFL. No, he'd be he would be one of the first. I feel I feel like it'd be a reverse Andy Reid. I mean, I would kind of like to see that. You know, Andy Reid calls a lot of the offensive plays, um, especially now. He's, the he's much more aggressive than uh. Frazier. Frazier. Like his whole, his whole defense only, coordinator for the, Carolina. The mm-hmm. only coach I can think of that might call defensive plays is like Belichick. <laughs> but then we got Licky Lips son over there. You know what I mean? Stevie. That's the only Boyd, coach I can think of. A lot of coaches now are yeah, like offensive minded. Yeah. Do they? they didn't even have an OC. They had no one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, I Matt Patricia sure. calling offensive plays. I guess some Patricia is there. I think he called it defense. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Belichick might call it defense. Yeah, Belichick probably has a handle in it, him and his son, Stevie Boy. And then I I honestly would like to see McDermott do it here, though, because if I remember correctly, within the first couple of years, like the first Josh Allen year, this might have been, Frazier, it it wasn't, it was not cooking, right? Like they were not stopping anything. McDermott took over the play calling for one game, and then they were blitzing. Like they they were really like going, they were hammering it down, and then that was that. That was, that, that was the second half of the Chargers game. Yes, yes, yeah. Spot raced by the by the Vikings, the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They got they got they're losing like twenty to three or something like that. And the, and the, after the first half, Fonte Davis quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, listen, McDermott has the tendency of being a lot more aggressive. So hopefully that kind of comes more into the defense, and hopefully they add a couple new wrinkles. I mean, it's yeah. going to be younger defense, so hopefully they could develop as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually kind of excited if that's the situation because I would like to see some something other than nickel zone. You know what I mean? Being played on on defense. Do do what a 12 year old does in Madden or myself and run Mike Will Blitz eight times in a row. You know what I mean? Like, come on, let's do something. Well, I think it does put a lot of pressure now on McDermott because again, this is totally his defense now. So if his defense mm-hmm. fails in the playoffs, like. Less well, there was, gone. yeah, there was mm-hmm. there was a quote though from a couple days ago, like when this all came out, that McDermott wants to bring a nastier edge to the defense um, this upcoming season. So I think he's going to be the person to do that, no question. It'd be like you said, kind of cool to see a, a head coach be like defensive coordinator calling defensive plays, like because no one else is doing that. It's all off a lot of as we saw in the playoffs. Out of the eight teams in the divisional rounds, we were the only one with a defensive-minded head coach. So it's just, it's very intriguing. You know, it's very different. But yeah, I mean, Frazier, Sayonara at this point. What a love letter you wrote on your exit. You know, but thanks for all the. It was it was a nice, it was a classy move from him and the organization to kind of just. Yeah, just let him go. You know, then they didn't fire him. They didn't. I think he's a free agent. Actually, I think he's. His he will. He will be. His contract's going to be up. Yeah, they yeah. weren't. It was a very respectful exit. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's well respected the organization. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have respect for him. Look at our defense since he's. I feel like been most around. fans should have respect. I, I feel like I feel like most fans give it five to seven years. Will learn to be like 
I'm not saying the defense is going to fall off the wheels and we're going to be like, oh my God, we want Frazier back. But it's also going to be like, he wasn't that bad. I mean, good worse. We could have had Rex Ryan and, and when he was that good. People, people uh, already are saying that, by the way. Bring in for defensive coordinator. Bring in Rex Ryan. He's still out there. Denver didn't take him. Uh, Almost Denver's defensive coordinator, but they brought back their old head coach. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was bizarre. That's, a, <laughs> that's awkward. That's a Sean Pate move right there. All right. Are we really questioning mm-hmm. anything at this point? I mean, this guy, he's trying to do what he can with that system. But let's just, you know, we mentioned we mentioned the combine a little bit ago. Are there any standouts for you guys here? I mean, the big men seem to be really, really cooking. You know what I mean? I'm the, the, I'm completely blanking. But it's 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 here. It's here. What do you think, Kiko? I mean, I I did it again. I this whole pod, this whole pod, you're gonna be Kiko. Sorry. I mean, well, I think his tag it's, is Kiko. Oh, it is his tag. Your Instagram at. So technically, it's up there. You're up there. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting. The DT from Pitt, who I'm not going to pronounce the name because I'm going to butcher it, ran like very identical measurements and ran very identical 40s and 10 yards supposed to Ed Oliver, which I think is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, have an undersized DT, actually a little bit like Aaron Donald. On that, not saying he's Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. but a similar prototype. Um, yeah, it was a pretty. I mean, it's pretty pretty interesting. Anthony Richardson may be a high flyer, so that's you know we didn't know. if he might be, a, a, and now I think he's going to be ahead of the Bills, which is nice. That's another spot uh, where the Bills are going to have another draft pick ahead of them, where there's going to be another guy that they could mm-hmm. actually use. Yeah. Um, Bryce Young, I don't know if his measurements in yet. That would be interesting to look at. Will Anderson was kind of the stud D lineman for Bama was kind of, yeah. Like, he didn't have the greatest day. But didn't have, he was kind of mediocre. Yeah. And then obviously Jalen Carter got in some legal trouble. Um, so, yeah, I saw that. Yes, there's there's no consensus on who's going to be number one. A lot of the guys are. I just feel like everyone says though, for like the quarterback meetings that everyone just kicked butt. Like I don't. I mean, maybe there's some like go like he was bad, but like Bryce Young, Richardson, everyone's been like they've won the draft in the meetings, which I guess you do, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be interesting, uh, you know, across the weekend once the wide receivers get in. Obviously, uh, Jackson Smith Jigba maybe a target at twenty-seven is not running the forty, um, probably because he doesn't want to be. You know, if he runs in the four sixes, that really hurts his chances of getting drafted in the first round. Yeah, because then people are gonna view him as a true slot instead of, you know, could play the X. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm just no, looking it, at it, some of the stats. It, it's, but. it's interesting. I I would tune in for a couple of seconds uh, if I was a casual yeah. fan because running the forties, watching people, especially big guys, run the forty yard dash is very entertaining. Um, talking about running the forty, brief sidebar because we were going to do a combine in the summer, that did not work out because one of us suffered a lower leg injury. Sorry, Achilles almost put lower body in, injury. Yeah, yeah, we're we're good I now. Lower, that's an NHL injury. term. All right, we're running LBI. an NFL combine. So, yeah, no, we're all good now. So maybe I, the Buffalo I, I combine don't happen. I would just be interesting, and the listeners can think of you know how fast they would run the forty. If you had to run the forty, how fast do you think you could possibly run it? I don't think I any myself, of us are picking five. I think you would. I who, don't. Who are you know. kidding, dude? You're you're literally a fucking. A spring, like that's like fucking you could... fast. 
It is. Uh, it is. And, think, just, and just think, like, that running a five is like a, like, most 300-pound linemen run under that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had to put myself anywhere, i get myself 15. I don't know. 15? No, okay, no. I've, I've, I've done it in, in like, nine, nine somewhere around there in, in high school. Definitely not where I was in high school, swimming every day, but. Nine? Um, like, how 10. Fast? No, dude, how fast? Nine, was, no, 40-yard dash? What, what was Hughes? Was that 50-yard dash? That was a 50-yard That might be what I'm thinking about. Because that, we did 50-yard dash. We were in like fourth, fifth grade. <laughs> I ran that in eight. Four. That's not comparable. I think we're a little faster saying, now. Saying, if I ran that in eight four, and I stretched and trained just a tad. My time <laughs> would be a six point seven two. So I would say I could get six. I'm gonna say six. All right, we actually have to do this now because I don't know where to gauge like where I could be. I feel like I feel like six would be the proper number. And now it matters if I start correctly. If I start. Bad. I'm. I'm. Five you know, is gonna be hard to break. Head. I'm telling you right now, five is gonna be hard to break. I, I, I think out so. of all three of us, you'd be you. Well, definitely not thanks, me. Thanks for that analysis. That, that's that not. Hard. That's that's not that's not what I'm saying. I was just saying, I definitely couldn't. Kiko might be able to. All right. I can't might, break five. I can break. He's six. got long legs. All right. He's a tall dude. He's got long legs. So my ten years would probably be like two seconds, and then I would pop pop off. And you're the runner. So I mean, like you would have the best, you would have the best chance down there. He's a runner. He's a track star. Yeah, come on. You don't think you could? Uh, that'd be, that's do it for the people. Do it for the Buffalo combine. See, so, but then we gotta make sure if we record it, we have to have two cameras going. We gotta go real time, and we gotta do slow mo to see the facial. And well, in. okay. If we do it, you have to you have to start the timer when the runner starts. Not runner doesn't start on the timer. The timer yeah, starts on the runner. Official. It's an unofficial. Yeah. yeah. Because then it could be skewed. Well, stay tuned for this summer, the Buffalonian Combine or spring coming at you. Uh, maybe if pending another LBI, but I don't know. I mean, that if you do have any, you know, if, if you can run the 40 in under five seconds, if, if you're listening out there, feel free to just reach out and like say something on the social medias, anything, Twitter, whatever. You could do that. I mean, props to you. I mean, you should be you should be going to the NFL Combine just for fun, and uh, you know, trying it, all it out. Started but... when you said you could outpunt Matt Hawk. It all started. It all started, and then then we got a punter who could punt eighty yards. Then he got in trouble, and then he's gone. And now we have Sam Martin, who's a very good punter. Hey man, so, I liked Sam Martin. Sam Martin was a good punter. His first no. punt didn't the dude muff it. He muffed so. it. We were at the game. Yeah, the first time he came out and punted. Yeah. At that point? Um, well, I think I think Buffett, I don't think it counts as a pun. Does it? Is it, no? is it like a punt punt attempt or something? I don't know. Mm. I Might have to look into that. Got to dive into the NFL rules after this. Dive in the rule book, but <laughs> going back really quickly on the combine. So, obviously, McBean had press conferences. Gabe Davis had a high ankle sprain, so... Again, I again, I, I was I was very similar to the Josh Allen point of it doesn't excuse the performance, but it gives a slight reason why we should be optimistic in twenty three that they're gonna bounce back a little bit, have a, have a better season because yeah, high ankle sprain is like a month, like you're out a month normally, 
especially if you're playing wide receiver where you had to cut. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Oliver was out a month, and he, he had a, probably a similar kind of angle swing, I'm pretty sure, as well. So, Yeah. No, yeah, yeah he did to, earlier in the season, yeah. yeah. So for him to be back, what it was, he suffered it in practice the Saturday before the Monday night game and to get back for the Dolphins game the next Sunday. So really only missed like a week um, of, of practice and all that is kind of remarkable. Um, but yeah, that was, that was tough. Obviously I, I, you said, you said you stole my quote about being, have a nastier edge defensively. Uh, oh, I, I, I did I like, know. I did like the give a crap. We didn't use the word crap, but attitude that they're looking for in players. I think that's always, you know, a unique trait that I feel like everyone, I mean, if you're not looking for, if all 32 organizations aren't really looking for those type of players, you're probably not doing the draft right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I have faith. McBean, I mean, they've drafted defensively, sure. It's a point everyone brings up. About how Josh Allen is one of their it's the only offensive first round pick since uh Tredavious White. But uh what? <laughs> was there another one? No, was there another Tredavious one? Tredavious White's a cornerback. That's what I'm saying. Since the since we we drafted Trey Day, he's been the only first round offensive pick. Josh Allen. Okay. That, okay. I, I understand what you're saying. You understand what I'm saying? Since McDermott's been on the team. Josh Allen. McDermott's, yeah. Starting with Travis White. Starting with Travis White until okay. now, Josh Allen's been the only first okay. round of offensive draft pick. I get it. Okay. All right. Yes. I he, was that's, lost for a second. No, I could it, it's it's 902 a.m. I'm sorry, I could have worded that better. I'm still still coming alive here, but that's a stat a lot of people throw at a slants at McBean for in now after two years where even though the Bengals game, the offense did absolutely nothing. It's just mm-hmm. people don't think we're building it up enough. And it's, I, I, I understand that, but have faith, trust the process as they always said and have said, um, I think we'll get there. I think now we know what the needs are. They know what the needs are. And like you said, Dom, they're not going for BPA necessarily. They're going for need right away. So I think we're going to, we're going to see a different, team come out hopefully the injury bugs also just not there but i remember two seasons ago the one before this one we barely had any injuries that really affected the team and this past season the entire team was out in the second week so it was just you know what i mean like it was it was it was crazy it was so different but i mean i trust mcbean at the end of the day so yeah talking about bpa i i think they i mean they kind of went need slash BPA last year because corner mm-hmm. was a need and they took the best player available kind of on their board, I think. So that was kind of a unique situation. But what positions would you be okay with the Bills taking at 27? You should start from the top and go all the way down. Punter. Yes. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Shane Leckler, first round pick. So it's oh saying notice anything special teams related, even though they do love mm. their special teamers. Quarterback Bass was a first-round pick. He was. Ah, you're right. You're right, Tyler Bass. But he's special teams. Wasn't he top ten pick? You're so funny. I gotta, yeah. I'm gonna look that up. When was Sebastian Janikowski drafted? He drafted high. He was drafted 17th. Yeah, by the Raiders. So while he's looking that up, quarterback. I think we could just yes or no. Quarterback. No. 
they do. I wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted the quarterback maybe late to potentially be like a long term backup. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. They tried that with Jake Fromm a couple of years back. So what? What, what pick was Jankowski? He was seventeen. Seventeenth mm. <laughs> overall pick on a kicker. Good job, Raider. I mean, granted, he played eighteen years for the team, so yeah. Probably still didn't get the value necessary, but that's all right. Uh, running back. No. No. Hmm. Are you you want? You, yeah, I'm a no. Okay? I'm a no. I'm a James Cook believer. The only person that get... would make safe face would be Bijan, but at that even at that point, I'm probably trading. I'm gonna back. say a name that you can get in the mid rounds, and maybe someone rolls their eyes at me. Mm-hmm. Chain. I'm just not even gonna talk about that. They should. He was literally should... Texas A&M's offense last year. They yeah. should not. Yeah, and they went five and seven. Uh, they should. <laughs> Okay. Oh my okay. God. I'm, I'm sorry that their quarterbacks were dog and their defense was mid. Well, listen, if he was Devon the offense. Devon was the team. Watch, his, yeah. watch, watch. Just watch the game. You stuck your not, you stuck your not cow for what am I last year and how that turned out. Okay. You know what? He's got a point. Your track record is not, not looking too hot. You're not wrong. He's not wrong. North Carolina basketball players. Actually, I'll, I'll, I could go back and sift through and find the clip of you sticking your neck out for him. Uh, right. I'm not denying it. I said Wittemeyer's going to be good. It's okay. Steal. No. Uh, so, yeah, running back, I guess it's, it, to me it's just situational, but I'm I'm James Cook believer, so. Yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I want James Cook to be good. I think he will be. Wide receiver, I think, is a big yes for everyone. I yeah. do think it's interesting that Bean made a point to say that he likes Gabe as a number two, so maybe it's not a first round, but maybe it's something they address maybe to get depth in the free agency and maybe later in the draft. Maybe uh, offensive line. I think yes. that's a big guess. I think any any of the three offensive line positions, guard, tackle, center, more more be okay if like a tackle, but that's yeah. okay. Um edge rusher, our favorite. No. Mm-mm. I'm gonna say yes. Only oh, well no. No, I'm, you know, I, you know what? No. At twenty seven I would say no. I would not be upset. If they draft an edge rusher in like the second round, just because every scout has been saying this is one of the best edge classes since 2011, so if they drafted one in the second round who might have been like a first round caliber edge in previous years, I don't think that would be a bad pick. But yeah, I would agree that drafting one in 27 would be probably a little, a little annoying. I think that thing that would make the fans a little tad bit upset. Yeah. Uh, Interior defensive line, I think it's a no for everyone. I think that's just kind of a mid rounds, maybe target, but but if they keep adding, keep, you know, if they just run it back. No, uh, linebacker. I would say yes if Tremaine's gone. I would agree with that as well. Yeah, the um, Trenton Simpson, I believe his name is from Clemson, had a very good interview with the Bills. I'm blanking on the linebacker out of Iowa. I think his name's Campbell. Um, he's also very good. So either one of those two could be interesting. But I think, as I said last pod, I think all of us have been saying, like, I don't think they're going to restart at linebacker. So oh. how realistic mm-hmm. is, I don't know. Um, I don't think I don't think drafting a linebacker is necessarily going to happen, but I wouldn't be mad if it did, like that kind of a situation. Yeah. Cornerback. No. That's a no. My only caveat is now I'm going to bring safeties into it. If it's a cornerback that they're transitioning to safety, I guess, would be my only, like, 
if they're like, okay, we're that's fair. The, the, but then they would announce him as a safety. So like, yeah, like like Ringo, like if Keely Ringo was on the board and they were, they had then they were like, dude, you have so many traits, but you just can't play corner in the next level. Like we're making you a safety. I wouldn't be mad at that pick, mm-hmm. but yeah, an outright straight corner, I think would be pretty annoying. But mm-hmm. safety, I think safety like. Safety, I'd be all right, but I feel like there's a couple mid-round safeties that are kind of nice, but, yeah. And obviously, you know, kicker, you know, T-Bass, one year left on his deal, that's definitely an option. Yeah. Um, I punter, don't... Punter, we don't even have a punter. Oh, long, technically not. Yeah, Sam Martin was a one-year... Long snapper. No. no Maybe Jalen Weber could be a long snapper. You know, usually back up to them as they become long Maybe. snappers. Could you know, be. We saw, we saw, you know, we saw Cincinnati Maybe. lose a game because they didn't have a good long snap for like. <laughs> <laughs> We've also seen uh, quarterbacks become tight ends. Like, who was the UB quarterback that came to Buffalo? Tyree not Jackson. Being, Tyree Jackson. Yeah, Tyree Jackson. Saw him at the Walling Galleria one day. <laughs> Logan by. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Terrell Pryor was a, a thousand yard wide receiver, I think. Wide mm-hmm. receiver? He was a thousand yard. Then he came to the Bills. Remember that? It's hey, recycling. Okay. Play like what one game? That's definitely one. That's definitely just a random dude that played like a random player. <laughs> Terrell Pryor. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I don't know. I. It's. I'm just intrigued. I think that's the best way to put it at this point of where exactly they're gonna they're gonna take the first couple picks. You know. Really depends on what they do in free agency, honestly. Well, first they have to clear up a bunch of cat space because they have to be under the cap by the fifteenth, yeah, of March. So I like that cap extravaganza. Um, I looked at that again just in my spare time, and that actually seems like a pretty. Yeah, if you're wondering what I'm speaking about, listen to our not last episode with the interview, but the episode before that. Uh, and you'll you'll hear all about the cap extravaganza and what's going on with the bills and how to fix the issue they have. But yeah, I've been looking at that. That's a pretty good, in my opinion. Still, I think that'd be a good move. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just I want this team to do well. I think anyone who's a Bills fan does, right? I want them to be smart in their draft picks. I think they will be. I think McBean will be. They have been. They know what they're doing. People need to stop hating because haters are going to hate at the end of the day. You know, just let them go. But I just trust the process. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spiel that for another minute. Just trust the process. Just let it go. There's nothing right now detrimental to the team going on. It's only positive things. They're building it up. They're, we're going to see how McDermott does this season calling the defense. I think it's going to be much better, and I think we're on the up and up still. I don't think we've hit our ceiling. And looking at Kansas City, they can still do it after their quarterback's big contract hits, so we can still do it after our quarterback's big contract hits. Or do it for the first time, if you will, because they've done it before and we have not. But um, I, I think that's a very good possibility still. But, fellas, anything else? Any more Thoughts on the Buffalo Bills? Or are we going to go into the mediocre Sabres? Sure. Well, let's go. Let's go. All right. But before we do, I'd like to first bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. 
Listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now let's move in to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, pretty mad week, if you ask me. The past, <laughs> past, past two games have not been uh, not been very good at all. I was at the um, the game on Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Um, took my dad for his birthday, you know, thinking that you know we're 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 in contention for the playoff spot. We're a good hockey team. Nope, 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 nope. I had Kiko. I sent you the bet I made. I had. Tage over three and a half shots. Dylan Cousins over what uh, zero point five goals, and Craig Anderson over twenty seven and a half saves. Tage and Cousins hit, or Tage and uh, Anderson hit. Unfortunately, Cousins did not score a goal, so I lost. But without with the, with the personal loss aside, let's talk about the team losses that came up. Um, that was a good transition. It, it's just been it's when you're in contention for this wild card spot, right? Which is ahead of where a lot of people thought they would be anyway in this season. It's tough to lose games like this against bottom of the, not, not Boston, but against bottom of the barrel teams, right? Like that's arguably the worst team in the NHL we lost to, you know what I mean? No, it so it's, it's, it's just like that. That's, that's a really tough luck going into this, uh, this last end of the season, the last push of the season here. So, and then to get absolutely embarrassed seven to one at, at home in against Boston. No, that was in Boston. It was in Boston. Mm-hmm. To get well, absolutely I mean, embarrassed listen, is tough. Listen, if, it, if it makes Owen Power feel any better, he got dangled by a number one center. <laughs> yeah, the number one center being Boom Jenner. But <laughs> no, I mean, it's hard when you're missing arguably your best player and arguably your third best player uh, for any stretch of time, especially. Yeah, they get a quality win against Florida in kind of a wild game. The Caps, they come out firing and obviously dominate. And then, yeah, I mean, losing to CBJ just can't really happen. It's kind of inexcusable. Um, you're on home yeah. ice. I think what, they've, they've lost to Philadelphia on home ice. I think they've lost to Arizona on home ice as well. So, like, they've yeah. been, they're under 500 on, at home this year, too. It's just mm-hmm. not, it's not a great great way to get the fans back into the building i know that they're winning but like if you're not gonna win at home mm-hmm. it's kind of a sour taste in the fans mouths and then the bruins game i was kind of competitive for the first two periods um and then yeah. they just kind of <laughs> quit the last five minutes which is kind of a interesting thing that hasn't really happened all year so i don't really know what to say to that uh they play yeah. tomorrow so like they got they're gonna have to rebound quickly and Dallin's not playing in that one either or talk so yeah, I mean, we got are. one. We got one good thing. All right, one good thing. Outlook on the season here. I'm gonna throw throw this in there. Record with the Goatheads are seven one and zero. So that that's a pretty pretty solid win percent KD ratio, if you will. You know, I, I think I think that's I, I'm I'm liking that. So I, I any game the Goatheads are involved, uh, count me in because that's the one what they're doing constant. tomorrow. Yeah. So hopefully it's a bounce back game for them. They can't dwell on these losses because then it's uh just all downhill from here. Classic yeah. Sabres fashion, you know. I but, mean, I, I guess the positive thing is that we still have some games in hand. And um like I know I've said this before, but like we're still a young team that's learning. So we have to learn how to adapt and play without two of our 
top players. And, you know, we just need some of these young guys to step up. Like you see Jack Quinn's on the top line. He's been playing well with um, Thompson and Skinner. Um, and, like, look at Henestrosa. He comes back in the lineup, and he produced two points in his first game back. Dude, so, he was like, cooking. He was cooking. Yeah, so, like, you know, it's just overall being able to be consistent even when your top guns aren't always there. Because last night, I think, was an example of, like, a playoff hockey game because it was very fast-paced. It was kind of physical game. And, you know, towards the end, I think it wore out the Sabres, and you just saw how Boston was able to just kind of pull away at the end. And yeah. I don't know. Um, that's that's kind of ridiculous, though. I mean, the Bruins are a veteran team. They're playing three games in four nights, and they just got back from a Western Canada trip. Like, I don't know. Like, I, no, I, I, know I know what you're saying, but, like, at the same time, you know, like, I think it's just, like, an example of what we're going to have to face if we make the playoffs. Like, we had to be ready for that type of hockey. Like Boston's historically one of the best teams. And, you know, we were out guys and obviously they were the better team. Like we did start the game well, but just at the end, it looked like we were just kind of, you just kind of like we're wore out. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see trade deadline. We'll see if we make any moves. You know, we had those, those big moves of uh, Anders Bjork and Eric Portillo and, Bring in Riley Stillman, who I do not like wearing number 61. Don't like that at all. That's an ugly number. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's only one player that looked good in 61. Is it is Afanagov? Yes. Okay, I saw quite a few of those jerseys floating around. 67. I have no, Maximum 61. Absolutely electric. Yeah. No. I mean, I think it just shows... A couple. Well, Boston showed a couple things. One, Hinnestros after playing like a – he played so well against Washington. I was so shocked. Back to normal Vinny the last two games. He's been so bad. Hmm. Uh, Stillman, I don't – we'll talk about that in a second. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, listen, when you lose your best player on defense and then you have Owen Power playing 20 minutes a night and Joki Haru now in a bigger role, you're starting to see Joki Haru just is not a top four defensemen like he's a bottom pair he's been mm-hmm. terrible the last couple days especially when you need him to step up uh, and play tougher assignment he just can't do it so i think that's frustrating um but really once you lose your top i mean i i feel like it's a little bit of everyone once you lose your top heavy guys it gets exposed but like the sabers just don't have the depth of these other teams to withstand that really and i think what the bruins the bruins game showed is that the, the Sabres should be hunting to go to the playoffs because of the playoff experience and not because they are going to have playoff success. Right. Because I'll tell you right now, if they play Boston or Carolina, even with Delaney and Tuck, they at best are going to push that series to six. Most mm-hmm. likely they will lose in five or get swept. Now, yeah. if, they play, if they somehow get the top wild card and play New Jersey, maybe that could be a six or seven game series because I, I, that's a better matchup for them. But if they play a Carolina or Boston, they are going to get absolutely boat raced. Which is fine. I mean, that's kind of what what what, what should happen. Um, but yeah, I think with the playoff series, you know, potential the question becomes like, who's the best goalie on the team? Like, it's definitely a situation now where it's quantity over quality. Like, they have three goalies, but like, not quality goalies. Like Anderson made, they like, corrected some of the saves, but like he made a forty nine save performance against Florida, but then comes back and plays terrible against CBJ. Mm-hmm. UPL played, I think, pretty well against Boston for the most part. And then, 
the ending is kind of brutal, but he's also been really consistent before that. And Comrie's just not getting starts, so like I don't know what to tell you on that one. So yeah, I mean, when you only play once a month, how are you expected to produce at that point? I mean, you know, but at the same time, this is just kind of, I guess, the biggest issue, just in general, is we have that high powered offense and i think we've talked about this many times but we have that high powered offense right high flying explosive things happen that are crazy the puck's flying everywhere and then it finds its way to the net right when you don't have the defense or the goaltending to stop the inevitable turnovers that are going to happen when you play offense like that where the puck's just kind of frantically moving around you it's that's why we're struggling at this point if we had solid depth to the defense or maybe a more consistent goaltender, I think we'd be in a better spot overall. I will I will push back ever so slightly on the fact of, I also think a real big problem with the defense is the forwards. Yeah. The forwards have really been bad this year defensively. Like, Tage is a Bambi in his own net, own end. He's terrible. Same thing mm-hmm. with Jeff. Jeff doesn't, doesn't try. Jeff's like the biggest cherry picker out there. Mm-hmm. Quinn's actually... One of the best defensive forwards in the team. Krabs has been pretty good. Oposo Gergensen's Cousins is having a really bad year defensively. He's made some like beyond boneheaded plays. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then you have a couple other like Middlestat's not a good defensive player. Feel Hamolos's reputation at this point. So, like I think that's also to me as big a problem, if not more, than the depth defense at this point. Of like they need to find a way to like not give up their offense, but they got to start taking a little bit away from, you know, they got to take a little away to be a lot better defensively than they need to start doing that because it's, it, they swung the pendulum a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of the forwards we have are kind of the same as in like, they're more like playmaking offensive minded guys. We don't really have a lot of guys just are committed to back checking. So I guess like maybe something you got to do if you want to be a legit playoff team is you got to try and find those guys that can focus on defense as being forwards and like be able to actually play defense well compared to just focusing on doing stuff in the offensive zone. Like, I don't know. I look at like today's the trade deadline. Um, To me, I just feel like, we're not going to do anything like didn't the Sabres like... trade something for future considerations or something like that recently. Bjork. It, it's Bjork. um he's, he's a minor league. We got a minor league player back mm. who's from Orchard Park and all that. But oh. um, no, like I just feel like Kevin Adams is like, I can respect that he's very committed on building from within. So developing his draft picks and keeping guys within the organization. But when you're a team that's trying to make the playoffs, there comes a point where you need to bring in some guys from the outside and be willing to give up certain assets to acquire these veteran players. Cause you know, I like the strategy of building from within and drafting well and developing your own guys, but like you need to, we have issues that need to be addressed. And I don't think that like just sitting on what we have is the right decision. Yeah. And I think, honestly, the build with from within thing, he's a product of it. He was promoted from within to general manager. He promoted Granado to head coach oh. from within. Okay. So I think 
that that's an interesting perspective. I didn't quite think of that. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's a culture thing more than anything else. Like he's like been a part of it, been a product of it. So why not keep mm-hmm. that going? You know? Yeah. No, so, I like the approach, but it's not bad. So before I guess I make the trade point, let's just go quickly go over the three trades they've made so far. Hopefully they make more. But to Mike's point, I don't know. I still feel like they have a move left. So they got. Oh, I spoiled one of the trades. I apologize. That's fine. Was... So <laughs> the blockbuster. I guess I mean that one's quick. I mean that would. The, the Bjork trade just seems like a good vibes trade. Dude obviously won another shot in the NHL. Chicago trading out a lot of their players are going to have open roster spots. That's something, you know, I, we talked about in the first talk, talk with the Bills of you had to find a way to make your place a destination. Knowing that you treat your players well is one of those huge factors. Obviously, that trade seems that. Partillo, getting Partillo for a third is an absolute deal. <laughs> that dude wasn't – that dude – Two things. One, that dude is not signing here. And mm-hmm. two, he's been terrible for Michigan this year. Like, so bad. So, to get a third-round pick is just great business. I don't I don't really know what L.A. was mm-hmm. doing there. L.A. just wants to steal all of her go- prospect goalies, though, that are just up. Cal Peterson and now. Yeah. Uh, Tello, and then, finally, Riley Stillman got traded for Josh Bloom. This is a terrible trade. I'm just going to say it. Terrible trade. I'm not even saying it from the perspective of the value you gained or the value you lost by trading Bloom because Bloom's kind of – I'm not going to say nobody. I think he could have been a decent bomb six forward, but like fourth liner. But there are so many better options in Riley Stillman that were available in the beginning of the season. Like if, I don't know why they needed to make this trade now when they could have made it a, like a couple months ago and got like an actual player. I mean, could Mike have claimed Riley. Mike Riley. Yeah. Mike Riley's in the AHL. Like you could have got him for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it though. Corey Stillman, his father, played with Adams on the Hurricanes when they won over the Sabres in the Stanley Cup. So you know what? I, I kind of maybe maybe he knows something we don't about about his son. You know what I mean? I know maybe they were they're... talking about like how he like Granado has a similar coaching or similar playing style to like Quenville, and when Stillman was in Florida, and like they think he can get back to like playing that or like unlock something in his game. But it's like no, like. To me, it's a don't knock it till you try it kind of a situation, right? Tyson Jost, we picked up earlier this year, and he ended up being great. Listen, listen, Tyson Jost, though, at least had a history of in Colorado for a couple seasons being very solid. Mm -hmm. And he was just really bad in Minnesota. Like, Riley Stillman's had like a 20-game sample size of being good. (laughs) But just, I don't know. It just, to me, if they were going to upgrade the depth defense, they needed to trade for someone that was at least – at least a better than Clay, Bryce, and Labushkin. And I don't think they did that. I think they just traded with someone who's basically on par with them. So it's not really even an upgrade at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, so I know a lot thought, of people wanted to see him, but like the yeah. trade my, my thought process is this on the Sabres shed deadline is obviously they didn't want to do the Chikram deal. They, I think they were pretty close on that. Obviously, that didn't work out, which is a little unfortunate. Because I think Chickum's very good, but also injury prone. His contract's a little weird, but he's only has two years left at this great deal. And then all of a sudden, they had to, you know, they probably weren't very interested in doing that, maybe. To me, the Sabres are in a position where they're going to make a big move in four months. Well, they should make a big move in four months. I, I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to say the word could because they probably won't if I say that. But, mm-hmm. and it's obviously clear that they want to add someone that's in like their age. Core range 24, 20, 26, or whatever. So, like, 
Fabra right now for the defense, but I shot defenseman for Nashville. Nashville is selling everyone. Like, is it really a big difference if you trade for him now compared to if you trade for him in four months from now? Like, that's my thing. Like, th- yes, I think there could be other options available in the summer. Like, maybe Elias Patterson, maybe Vancouver is just like, we're out. Like, we're going to go full tank next season. But there could be, I think they may be probably waiting for other options to really do the big fish move. But, like, to me, like, especially because Fabro probably won't cost like a super, super as much as Chikrin because he kind of set the market. Like, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? No, I like that. I mean, yeah. Remember, remember a few years ago when we acquired uh, Wayne Simmons and Dominic Cahoon at the deadline, and we were a bad team that was buying. So, you know, uh, Kevin Adams, like, I don't know. I just feel like he's not going to do anything Mm -hmm. at the deadline. But like, I agree with you that like I would target a Fabro, like get him in, make this playoff push. Like, I don't think it'll cost you that much. Plus, how many how many second round picks do we have? Like four of them. Yeah, yeah, well, and we have and now we have extra third more. round picks. Like, like I don't know what it would take to get Fabro, but like I feel like we we have draft capital to do mm-hmm. it. So I don't know. Like I think he'd be an improvement over, definitely over like Riley Stillman, over like he'd, he'd easily be the fourth like, best. Defense. He'd easily be in the running with Samuelson for the third best defenseman on the team. Yeah. Plus, I think I don't know was he signed for another year or two, and then he'd be an RFA. So. Yeah, so- like, that, like yeah. you still have his rights and everything. Like that's that's a one to think about, definitely. But like, do I think we're gonna do it? Probably not. Yeah, probably not now. I just no. I would. I don't know. To me, I would. I would be surprised if this. I guess I. I think the Sabers probably make one more move, but it's probably a minor move, and they wait to make like their big move in the off season, which is kind of unfortunate because it's still boring. But mm-hmm. that's all right. I digress. So well, when they're. Or sorry, I no, can I can I say some real fast. I'm much musician, so if you no. Know. So um, here's my question. You said do some moves in the off season here, right? Mm-hmm. So we saw we saw Patrick Kane go to the Islanders or Rangers. Which New oh, York team did he go to? Rangers. Rangers. He went to That's the Rangers. Stephen A. and Molly Quarum for saying uh, they don't count. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's root for the Giants and Jets. The New Jersey Jets. Yeah. And Giants. Exactly. But. Rangers Here's are literally like Emmett. Okay, whatever. Just they're silly. <laughs> Is it? Isn't he going to be a UFA this off season? Mm-hmm. It's a rental. So what? What stops him from coming back here next year? Like a lot of people wanted. You know what I mean? Like well, nothing. But the Sabres should be. I mean, he'll bring up the average age of the team by a couple years. But I mean, listen, um, if they did that, it would. It would. Clearly, cloud my doubt they want to win because yes, he's putting yeah. up points, but he's like, as we talked about earlier, about the holes defensively in the forwards. Like he is one of, if not the worst defensive forward in hockey. So like, yeah, that would not be the only, the reason why they would do that is strictly if he did if it was a cheap deal possibly, but the reason why they would do that is to just to make money off his jersey sales. Oh, okay, yeah, put him in a safe. That's what I think. I mean, you really wouldn't be helping your on ice product. You'd help. You'd help your off ice product significantly. So, yeah, I guess we'd see what. Hey, man, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, enhance the. How do you get people in the seats? Yep, Terry's got to make his money. Come on. I mean, you're not wrong. I just. Why did the Bills sign To years ago? Okay, the Bills are also literally. Why did we hire Rex Ryan? Okay, okay, the name. 
the Bills did not have good management at that time. I I would think the Sabres have good management <laughs> where they are not going to do that kind of move. But you know what? They are the Sabres, so I shouldn't really expect anything less. No. Anything more than that, but no. So before we go into our predictions, I have one more thing to discuss. Why does the special teams year in, year out are terrible? Even the power play, like, I think gets overrated because Tage is just clap bombing on like so down from that side, but the the power play is so uncreative, it's like Ken Dorsey's offense. Like there's just no creativity, no yeah. sneaky passes to the bumper to go back to the slot. Like even Olsen's like been terrible on the power play as well. The penalty kill, I have no idea why they are forechecking on the penalty kill. They're 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 literally inviting teams to just enter the zone freely if they get through your penalty killer that's forechecking. That's dumb. And I don't understand last night how you're in a big spot in the game. It's a four-on-three power play. You have a very good first shift. And then Granado puts out Riley Stillman, who is literally brand spanking new on the team, and Tage. Like, <laughs> why would – I'm so sick of watching Tage Thompson on the penalty kill. Like, I'm sorry. I like Tage Thompson. Dude is terrible defensively, which is fine because he outproduces his, his deficiencies there. Right. But why would you put him on – like, I know I – know, like the term power kill, like you want to have some offensive ability to go back, but I don't know, man. I think like having skin, like t- talk cousins, kind of those kind of guys that while they struggle, like sometimes on five, five could be a little interesting on the penalty kill power kill. Like Tage is, I'm just not, especially on a four on three when you only have one forward out there. Like, yeah, I would have, no. have like reps out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand that. And I do agree with you that he does outproduce the issue by being so offensive and, you know, uh, yeah, being a tank, absolute unit on offense. But yeah, I I agree with you in the defensive perspective. It's it's not a good look necessarily. So I don't know. It's just puzzling. Yeah, yeah, you're right, though, because with the whole Patrick Kane thing, you don't want to get another guy like that. You know what I mean? Who's. Is if you bring scoring. in multiple players that could actually play defense, it'd be a whole different like, story. That's like a cherry on top, I guess. But like, hopefully, know. more than a cherry on top. I, think I do. Gotta, I, I think we got to get the Sunday in the cup first. I'm 100 percent in agreement that if we sign Patrick Kane, is publicity stunt. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a publicity stunt. And special teams, I, I just, I always really think special teams, especially in the NHL, like is really all about coaching. Like, yeah. I think everyone, now I'm not saying every team, but like the teams that have Sabres level talent offensively should not be just a one trick pony on the power play. And really every penalty kill, like penalty kill, like is basically all about system. I know like I was just like having Tage out there is not a great idea, but like having at least dudes that have some defensive awareness and then having a solid system, you'll have a good penalty kill, but they don't put out dudes that are very good defensively and they don't have a good defensive system. And that's why they have literally one, if not, I think they might, they're very close to the worst penalty kill. And it's the reason why they're not in the playoffs. Like they're, they're decent enough on five on five to sneak in and they get lucky enough on the power play because of, you know, that Tage shot, but the penalty kill is absolutely killing them. I feel yeah. like every time they're, they're on a power play, like a penalty kill, like you think the other opponent's going to score. Like that should not be yeah. the case. 
I said that the other night when I was at the Columbus game. It was just like they're on the power, they're on penalty kill. It's over. Also, I just want to say, why in the Columbus game do they wait so long to pull the goalie? Anderson yeah. should have been out of the net as soon as the power play was over, but they they he got they kept him in net. But yet last night we pulled the goalie with five minutes left when we're down three zero. Like really? Like, well, that was Grenache, smart. Like, that was smart. I know. Like, that was, I, that's that's I my know. point. That's my point. Why do you do it then? Why didn't you do it against Columbus when you're down one? Why didn't you pull him earlier? Why'd you wait so long? You should have done it right as the power play expired. I, I don't know. I'd tell you. That's yeah. that's like my point. Like one night we pull him with five minutes left and we're down three. Like, but against Columbus when you're down one, you wait so long. Like, yeah, dude, it's just frustrating. You got to realize it was a real uh, missed opportunity against Columbus yep. to pull the goalie. Yeah, I mean, Granado, Granado has done a lot of good, but there were some really, really black. I give him a lot of credit for player development. Like, mm-hmm. Tage exploded. Jeff is playing. He came back from being contract. Tuck is playing really good. Darlene's broken out. You know, we've seen young guys step up and everything, but, like, mm-hmm. some of his decision-making is poor. There, there's some strategic things that are very questionable. Yeah. And, we haven't even. I feel like we would be the beneficiary of hiring a veteran, like assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of like Matt Ellis, who's just kind of a uh, like yeah. a first time. He's just a yeah. dude. I just, I don't know. It, it's frustrating because I like Granado. I think he's doing a good job, but mm-hmm. I, I'm concerned. He does that have once, his deficiencies. I'm yeah. I'm concerned that once we get to once we have an actual playoff contending team, those deficiencies are going to cost the Sabres a series. True. And that would be a uh, be tough pill to swallow. Well, I think mm-hmm. that's the big concern with everyone at this point is what Granado's the great developmental coach, right? Like he's getting everyone going. But when you get to those games, the big playoff games, and you're a contender for years and years, is he the coach that's going to take you all the way through with decision making like that? That's the big question mark because he doesn't, like Mike said, inconsistent on decision making like that. Like you see five minutes before he's pulling the goalie down three to nothing. Good. Then in the Blue Jackets game, he doesn't pull him until inside the minute. And it's just, it makes no sense. And you know, that's a one score game at that point. So I, I don't know, but I digress. Go ahead, keep Dom. Correct myself that time around. <laughs> if you want to bring us into the predictions. Yeah. So going back from our predictions from last week, I think again, most of us were pretty good on two and two. Um, again, a decent, uh, uh, just kind of me- okay week. Okay, I like how you described it earlier. It's okay week. Mm-hmm. So the goal scorers were Skinner and and uh, Cousins, the three because I was just Cousins got that nice hat trick, and then the points were Tage and Skinner were five, and no one got anything. I even had Quinn and Darlene, and Darlene was injured the whole week, so that's a tough moment on my end. Yeah, I thought point monger middle stat would show his face again, but I guess not. I said Olafson, he was a ghost, so <laughs> um so this is week... a stretch of thirty games where he's invisible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Olafson, we don't even talk about him anymore. Uh so I'm gonna go Tage and oh, I didn't pick up the games yet. We'll do that. We'll pick that up. We'll do this. No, we'll, we'll switch it up. That'll be the second prediction. T- I'll go Tage and I'll go Tage and Tage. I'm, I'm going to put my all my eggs in one basket. Mike, how about you? Uh, we'll do. I'll do Jeff and Tage. Joseph. Um. Cousins and Tage. <clears throat> mm. Sweet. We're all in. A, we're 
He will have zero points this week. Yeah, yes. yeah, we jinxed it. It's over. All right, Jeez. so the games. So, wow. Okay, so they have four games. They play tomorrow at home with the Go-Heads against Tampa. Uh, they're at home against McDavid on Monday. They play a big game against the Islanders in New York on Tuesday. And then Thursday, they play my dad's favorite non-saber, Jake Ottinger, and the Stars. They host them on Thursday. So, <laughs> four-game record is? Two and two. I Three and one. All right, I'm going to go two and two. But I will say they will beat the New York Islanders. Hmm. <laughs> I hope so. That's well. All right. Yeah, I think that wraps it up for the Sabres. Does it not, fellas? Anything else we want to toss yeah. in there real fast? So, Mike, you've got Would You Rather and the trivia today. It's a double oh, whammy back back. for you. Uh, take us right in. Take what do you got. Yeah. Roll here. Um, so would you rather? I was kind of thinking of something like as a fan perspective now. Mm-hmm. So, and this might be silly, but would you rather – so you're at the the big game, you know. You're rooting for your team, like it's a playoff game. The squad. So, w- w- would you rather be at the game, but so like for example, Jason Pominville's overtime winner, pretty key moment. Would you rather be at that game, but you miss the goal? either because your view was blocked or like you're at the concession stand or something. Oh my God. Or would you rather be at home and see it? Be at home and see it. Cause then I can talk about it. I'd love to be at the game. Sure. But if I miss the goal because I'm at the concession stand, that's an absolute flop on my end. That's a fail, you know? So I'm going to cut. Is, is it, we're going to assume that this event happens at home ice. Yeah, that was just an example of something happening. Right. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take the one that I'm at the arena, but I'm just gonna say I, I'm got like, my- like when um we were at the Saber game and Jack Quinn almost scored, and I was at the concession stand. Oh, his first goal. Do I have to be at the concession stand, or can I just have you, to say my? You're, you're just not at your right, seat. No, I'll, okay, I'm, the concession stand. I would say I'm at home, but for the, I'm gonna say my if my view was blocked, I'm still. I mean, at home arena, that crowd. Yeah, that's when you start pushing whoever's in front of you down. That's, you a, story of, the that's, that's a story of a lifetime. So I'll, yeah. I'll take that one. I think yeah. I'd rather I'd rather be at home and see it. Yeah, but I could see it a million times and replay on video. Like, yeah, but like you if you're there video, and you didn't see it, like you didn't see it with your own eyes anyway. Well, here's the you're thing: you see it on replay anyway. Say you say I'm with the in the comfort of your own home. Say you do a Buffalo sports podcast, right? Just say you do. All right. And you don't you don't you don't get to see what happened, right? You know it happened, but you don't get to see what happened with your own eyes. What kind of content does that create? Absolutely none. So I'd rather watch it at yeah. home, see it with my well, own I eyes. See it. I can I, there's yeah, a but it's replay. Movie. You didn't see it in real time. It's not the same. Well, there's a jumbotron. Yeah, it's replay though, and you're watching it on a screen. Okay. Say it's KeyBank that, that has black dots. That's on basically one side. watching it at home. You're technically you're, this is a couple seconds delay. You're technically no, I'm I'm sticking strong. Also, it's a funny story to tell the boys. It's like I missed Jason Pomerel's goal. Come on now. All right. Yeah. Okay. That that's fair. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna write into trivia because my I'm starting to lag here. I don't want to get cut out. The hot, the hot spot's dying. Mm. <laughs> dying. Oh boy. Uh, it Bill's it question. Might have died. We're gonna um in the in the light of defensive. Did it die? 
No, no, you're good. You're good. You're Did good. It, die? it almost died. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's dying, so we got to roll. Uh, so who's what? How about you stop interrupting me so I can get through them? Yeah, yeah. Let them cook. Okay, fine. Okay. When was the last time Bill's defensive coordinator was promoted to their head coach? Oh, let's see. You're looking for a year or person? Yeah, both. Well, Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn was the offensive coordinator when he got promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chan Gilek, I think I got fired at the end of the season. He was offensive. Um, God, I have no idea. I'm just going to say Greg Williams. Yeah, that was, that's really it. I mean, because I was thinking back, Jim Schwartz never got hired, like all that. I was going back through the years. Perry Fuel in 09. Coached seven games. He was three and four. You know what it is? Is Was that Dick Duran? Yes. Uh, see, I, just, I didn't hear replaced. I just got if, if we were, I thought Greg Williams was there, like, into him before he became that coach. Greg if, Williams was after Wade Phillips. Yeah, I thought he was the DC. And then Markey and then Dick Duran. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so yeah. Uh, Sabres question. Which goaltender has the most points in franchise history? Um, so, like, goals, assists, points. Tom Barrasso. It is yeah. right. Yeah, I got nothing on that one. 17 so. assists. For 17 I don't know points. how I got that other than I just remember that random. I don't know how I remember that. Just a random stat. And then... so random. Um... Uh, Joe wanted to ban his question. So, playoff career records, Bandits players. Who is the most playoff games played? Current Bandits players or just all time? Just all time. Oh, John Tavares. Yeah. Is no. that? No. Who would then? Uh, is it edging him, out, edging him out by one game? Matt Vince. Matt Vince, the goalie, the old goalie. Oh, my at God. 39. John mm-hmm. Tavares at 38. Oh, that was a cake. Oh. That was a good. That was a trick question. I, I, I. No. That was a good one. Yeah. All right. I didn't lag. I'm about well, to. Look at that. But... We we made it through. We powered through, and that has been the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I was joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Sabers.